following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Oh, my God. 
Assalamualaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham and the West Midlands and 105.1 down further south in the country. And we have a wide reach of listeners tuning in to us today. Uh, welcome to everybody. I hope you're having a good day, a good week. Indeed, our, the weather has changed a bit. Uh, our lovely sunshine has gone, but we hope that that's not the end of summer and that it will come back again to us. This evening we have um, a show that I think all of our listeners will be interested in, if not for yourself, probably for some members of your family or for your friends or relatives, where we're going to be talking about the maternity services and the changes that is happening now due to COVID-19. And as you know, on the show, we only bring in experts indeed on Parenting Hour to, to join me when we do our, our shows every week. And this week, we have the best of experts here with us this evening. We have Rachel Carter and Alison Talbot from two maternity hospitals, the leads, the heads, the heads of maternity in both city, uh, not city, sorry, in uh, Birmingham Women's Hospital and in Heartlands Hospital, isn't that right? Welcome, Rachel and Alison. That's right. Hello, this is this is Rachel Carter. Hi, it's Alison Talbot here. I cover Heartlands and Good Hope and Solihull Hospital and University Hospitals Birmingham Trust. Wow, that's a lot. Thank <laughs> you, indeed. And we were going to have Helen, Helen as well, Helen, uh, Helen Trust with us. But unfortunately, something came up and uh, as midwives and head of departments, we understand that it's a busy time and life can take over and issues come up. So um, unfortunately, we couldn't have her on this evening, but I'm sure another time we will hope to have her on as well. So maybe if we do a little bit of introductions uh, into you both and 
who you are, what exactly you cover, and a little bit about the, that kind of work first before we go into COVID-19 and all the changes that's happening. Yeah, of course. This is Rachel Carter. So uh, my role is Head of Midwifery and Deputy Chief Nurse for Birmingham Women's Hospital, um, which is part of Birmingham Women and Children's Hospital um, NHS Foundation Trust. So we care for around um, 8,250 women who give birth with us, but there's quite a lot more of those ladies who we care for in the community and then who give birth within our local maternity system, which means that we join up with um, our partners at um, United University Hospitals Birmingham and Heartlands, which is Alison. Um, so we work very closely to make sure that our ladies get very much the same offer and the same service. Um, within our hospital, we care for ladies who come for gynaecology operations, gynaecology outpatient care. We have a fertility service. We also have neonatal care. Um, but really, I think today I'm here to talk to you about our maternity service, um, where we provide antenatal care, postnatal care and birth. Um, which happens in our hospital but also at home um, and within our birthing centre. I don't know, Alison, do you want to? Yeah, hi. Um, as I said before, my name is Alison Tolbert. I'm Divisional Director of Midwifery at University Hospital Birmingham. So I cover Heartlands Hospital, Good Hope Hospital, and Solely Hill Hospital. Um, we currently um, deliver, we have labour wards um, on all three sites, but our Solihull unit is a home from home unit where we just deliver low risk um, women there. We also, as Rachel said, um, very similar, we look after ladies who need gynaecology appointments. We also have neonatal service, so newborn babies, um, and across the trust we have paediatrics. So, and I, I would say as well that we, exactly the same, cover antenatal, postnatal care and labour. We offer care on a consultant-led labour ward, a midwife-led care unit and also at home and as Rachel said we're here today to talk to you about maternity services, um, how we've responded to um, the Covid pandemic as two different hospitals but also um, across our local maternity system. Thank you so much that is a wonderful introduction and I'm sure our listeners will want to engage with the, in with us this evening with you this evening if you want to ring in please do so we'd love to hear from you our number is as usual 0121-772-8892 and you can um, pose a question to either one of our guests here this evening or uh, have a discussion about what worries you or if you've had experience of the maternity hospitals and you've delivered a baby recently, we'd love to hear that experiences. We'd love to hear the good practices that are going on. And we'd love to hear if, if there were some issues you, you had as well and, and how we can overcome those issues indeed. We, we're all trying to help our parents here uh, to have safe and happy deliveries. And uh, if anybody has watched the TV program recently, uh, you must be very happy with that, Rachel, because that was just a wonderful series on TV. I really enjoyed watching um, all the births taking place and the, the journeys of people. Yes, we were very proud um, for for both hospitals to be included. I think what the aim of that programme was, was to show how we are working across the city as two hospitals, but together. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that all of our women get the same care experience regardless of the surroundings that they're in 
you know, as midwives, we take great care of all women and it's our privilege to be able to be part of that journey. And I think what you were able to see on that show were some of our more specialist areas as well. So you saw some of our fetal medicine areas um, and also neonatal unit and how the transition can happen where we have babies that we diagnose when they're still inside mum's tummies um, to be born here and then go across to the children's hospital. So it was um, a great privilege to be able to showcase some of those those services that both sites can offer. It was and actually just shows the, the depth and the breadth of work that you do um, in both hospitals, in all the hospitals actually in Birmingham. And Birmingham should be very proud of its maternity service because that was a real eye opener, I think, to a lot of people seeing that and seeing the intensity of some of the work and some of, as you mentioned there, some of the difficulties picked up earlier on and and even dealt with in the womb while the mum was still pregnant and, and given treatment. It was wonderful, wonderful to see. And then we saw also the, the home birth team, which we, we were used to here on this programme. We've interviewed a few times the home birth team and we've had parents who experienced home births and we've had a whole show around dads one time um, experiencing home births as well and it was it's always well received and actually some of our our listeners are have experienced that that may ring in this evening as well I know they have rang in the past when we've put on other shows so it would be lovely listeners if you are tuned in and able to get to a phone I, I know it's a little bit different when we're in lockdown we're not listening to this on our usual journey home from work and uh, and have time to be able to pick up the phone and and uh, ring a lot of us are, are still working from home and maybe we're distracted with children and doing other things at home but if you are tuning in please do pick up the phone and ring us indeed with as i mentioned good practices as well as as other issues we have the experts here this evening to to help you and to answer your uh, queries and to, to guide you um so if we were to talk about covid 19 and the changes that has happened over the last few months now since march in, in particular since lockdown what has changed I wonder who, so, so this is Rachel um, and then I'll hand over to Alison. So I think um, what we have to recognise is we had um, a little bit of warning that COVID was, was coming, but I don't think anybody anywhere would ever say that, uh, you know, anyone was able to anticipate the um, degree to which it affected all of us, either in our personal lives or in our work life, but also for those mums and babies who, who couldn't defer their plan of care, like a, a booked operation. So I think what was our main, my, one of our main objectives was to make sure that we continue to be there by women's side um, at all times to make sure that regardless of whether the environment looked a little bit strange and different and whether we were wearing masks um, and plastic aprons and, and things that we wouldn't normally encounter women with, it meant that they could still feel our smiles and feel our care and still feel that we wanted to be there for them um, so in terms of what we've changed we did a, an awful lot in a very very short space of time I think Alison would agree that we've probably done three years worth of work in three months and um, that meant like, behind the scenes we were writing lots of guidelines and policies as the national guidance came out to help us to make sure we kept our women safe our babies safe and our own staff and families safe so a lot of writing has happened a lot of scouring of national guidance and best practice certainly across the west midlands we've tried very much to work in synergy so all the units have clubbed together as heads of midwifery we've got a very strong link within our west midlands heads of midwifery group which meant we were able to access each other to find out what was the best way to approach a different situation 
Um, but in terms of services, we still provided all of our services, but we did it in a different way. So rather than being able to see women for every appointment face to face, we were still able to maintain the number of appointments, but we had to follow that changing guidance, which said some of them were more virtual. So we were then able to risk assess and screen all of our women to decide who really needed to have that face to face contact, either in the hospital or outside of the hospital. Um, we had to respond to GP practices closing with no notice, which is an unprecedented situation that I know that everybody will understand the reasons why, because ultimately it was to keep everybody safe and at home. Um, but we were then able to make sure that we put things in place where midwives could still reach women and still see them outside the hospital as well as in the hospital. Um, and in terms of our inpatient care, it meant we had a very difficult decision to make about who actually needed to be in the building and to keep all those women and the staff safe. Unfortunately, some people were weren't able to come into the building um, and we're still working through that as we go through the national guidance waiting for for those leaders to advise us of the changes um i don't Alison, do you want to share um, i think i'd echo that um it has been incredibly challenging but i think as two organizations we've done fantastically well as rachel said to maintain a safe high quality service across the whole of birmingham and i will speak on behalf of helen as well um at uhb we we did have to make a change to our home birth service and that was based on the challenges we had with staffing levels um, and we wanted to obviously we had to do that in response to um, continuing a safe quality service and um, everywhere else um but while we did take down our home birth service for a number of weeks, we offered the alternative, which was our midwife-led care unit, where we could offer home from home within the actual hospital settings. And I think um, certainly from the um, um, the women who have used our service throughout that time, that wasn't particularly a massive problem and didn't cause them too much anxiety. So I think in hindsight, we could say that we, we handled that very well. I think another thing that's been incredibly challenging is the changing the guidance from Public Health England and NHS England, which changes was changing literally every few days, particularly at the start, to keep on top of that, but also to keep the communication out to our women. Um, and I and I'm, I'm, someone might t tell us differently, but we developed quite a lot, a suite of kind of information to get out to um, our women to inform them the changes that we'd made. We updated our website, um, etc. And I think you know that is continuing to be work in progress because we are still changing the services. And I think the big thing big change as Rachel said was the virtual platform mm -hmm. to be able for us to be able to have telephone conferences and video conferences with our women and their families and I think that is something that we will definitely embrace and take into the future because I think in some circumstances that is that is a really powerful medium to use moving forward. Yes I, I totally agree there with the virtual was something that um, we did uh, from approachable parenting something new again and we're just a very small organization not like huge NHS and the maternity services and and the amount of uh, protocols that you need to address uh, but it was a really good way of um, meeting parents and reaching out to them and having those that contact because especially if we go back to March time uh, people were very worried, very anxious what was happening. And as you said, on a, it was practically on a daily basis, not even on, on a weekly basis, things were changing and information was changing uh, back then and, and very tense for everybody, uh, um, not just parents, but then professionals as well. And um, really hard for everybody to understand and cooperate. And not everybody was getting that proper or correct information. There was a lot of misinformation going around as well at that time, which unfortunately... Um, then made anxieties go higher and higher. So it, 
do you think if you were if we were to do something like this again and hopefully we wouldn't go into phase two again was there anything that you have learned or that you would do differently from that whole experience of where you um started going into lockdown etc I'm, I'm sure we've all learned a lot is there anything differently that you would think you would do um, I think for me, knowing, so if we went back and we knew that this was going to happen again, so if we had it in a planned way, then we would have everything lined up, ready to go on day one. Mm-hmm. So regrettably, there are times where we had to prioritise getting the services right and the, the clinical guidelines right before we were then able to communicate out to women. But as soon as we had something that we could then be quite um solid in terms of the information we were able to give that's where we were also able to put our parent education on a virtual platform um and you know our home birth teams we had to to slow down a little bit of our social media because we needed to make sure that we got the right message out and that was our priority and that was around safety Um, so i think we've now got a whole suite as alison said of documentation of leaflets we got them done to um you know professional standard because what we didn't want was women to see information that came out as a word document because it it doesn't necessarily carry the weight and the confidence behind it so we did go to great lengths to make sure that we got the robust information um, in multiple languages we were able to get um, five of our top languages after we spoke to women um, to be able to reach them and also to find out how they access information so I think in terms of communication we would all want that to be one of our number one priorities but this way around unfortunately the communication coming to us was so staggered that we just had to make sure that um, we had the right information in the right way and I think if it were to happen again some of that information may even have changed because we know a lot more now than we did at the beginning so at least we've now got the templates there that we can quickly adapt um, and likewise reaching out to women through our midwives you know it's very important that they knew what what care they could provide and where and as you, as you quite rightly say Catherine, it was changing at a rate of knots um, in an unprecedented way so I think we, we just have to sort of look back reflect and learn and have that information ready should we have to reach for it again. Mm-hmm because I was finding that some information or some things that were even being printed in the paper were maybe uh, happening in London, but not in Birmingham. And then people would pick up um, and mums would pick it up in Birmingham or oh, this is happening or that's happening. And it wasn't quite true. Um, and that's where the, the filtering system uh, for us took place. And we were lucky also that we were able to have access to a midwife who was able to give us the correct information. So I think, as you rightly say, if we were, if hindsight is wonderful, and if we could prepare, we would all be better the next time. I think in preparing and and thinking what to do. Um, and I love those those sheets that you did put up in different languages. Actually, a lot of lovely information came up, um, which we put out, bumped out. A lot of organisations put out for parents to be able to reach that in their different languages. We also found, though, that it was useful for having information in um, spoken, um, like verbal information, short little clips. Did you get that uh, back in your feedback from any parents that 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 would be a useful way of having information to um, cascade information out to people that don't speak English and maybe even don't even read their own mother tongue? Uh, Sometimes uh, some people don't have that ability or not literate in their own mother tongue yeah I I think that was um, a national ask actually so we were very fortunate that our chief midwifery officer Jacqueline Dunkley Bent and her team pulled some things together so across our social media platforms um, and through other groups we've been able to send those messages out so um, on our 
we, we used an electronic system called Badgenet for our maternity records. So all women, we were able to push out multiple versions of information so they can press on their app and be able to then see this information in their own language. But there are also little videos that talk to them about social distancing, about careful hand washing, um, about what services are still available. And I think one of the big messages that Alice and I are very, very passionate about was trying to reach women to encourage them that even if they're very scared of coming to our services, if their baby's movements change in any way, shape or form, regardless of their fear, we still needed them to come to us. Um, because what we were worried about mostly was that, that some of you say that the misinformation and the rumours and the, the inaccurate information may make women feel that they don't want to come to a hospital because it's not safe. Or actually the most the safest thing for them to do was to still carry on and, and take note of their baby's movements as it is now and as it always will be um, because we really are here as services to receive those women and make sure that we get intervention very quickly mm -hmm. if their baby's movements change. Mm, very important message to get out there and I think listeners if you're tuned in this evening and if you go away with one take-home message please take home this message that services are there if there's any reduction in fetal movement if you're worried about anything please contact your maternity services immediately um, and and don't be holding back and thinking about something the services are there they're able they're able to answer they're there 24 hours for you so listeners please do take that on board and and don't be asking people because we have uh, come across this in our whatsapp groups of people asking information also on um on the group that is that they should be asking triage or they should be ringing directly to the hospital so we've had to refer, tell them straight away to to do that so i really want to reinforce that message again this evening and um, before we go into break time is because we're, we'll be heading into break shortly uh, that people pass on that message indeed i i think we've just got a, a, um, a minute or so left and maybe we'll, we'll be able to talk about community appointments are they still taking place at the moment and if so where are they taking place um hi this is alison um as rachel already alluded to earlier we um a number of our gp surgeries did close very early on so we work very very quickly with our commissioners to be able to call what we've called um purple sites which are I'm afraid we're just coming into a break.